I'm glad they put y'all together. Y'all are like a mega force. Y'all just took over every... Wake your punk ass up! This Chris Brown, I've officially joined the Breakfast Club. Say something, mother... I'm with it. The world's most dangerous morning show! Breakfast Club, bitches! I put the new 4Gs on the G I tap into the bloody bottoms is underneath Cause all my got it out the streets I keep a hundred racks inside my jeans I remember hitting them all with a whole team Not can't ask a call cause I'm balling I was waking up getting racks in the morning I was broke, now I'm rich, deep, salty All this designer on my body got me drip, drip And straight up by the objects, I'm a big trip If I got up on a lean, I'm a sip, sip I run the racks up with my queen like London and Nip But I got rich on all these I didn't forget back I had to go through the struggle, I didn't forget that I hopped inside of the Maybach and now I can sit back Deep, know me now, cause I got them big racks Cause I'm getting money now, I know you heard that Young on the corner that had to serve crack Uncle fronted me some peas, had they getting birds back We came up on dirty money, I gave it a bird back Cut off the brain and I gave my the new goof Either you running y'all gang or your suit woo. Got a new all in Tim and that The new 4G's on the G I drop into the bloody bottoms is underneath Cause all my got it out the streets I keep a hundred racks inside my jeans I remember hitting them all with the whole team Not can't ask a call cause I'm balling I was waking up getting racks in the morning I was broke, now I'm rich, deep, salty I've been waking up to get the money, whoa, whoa Got a bad jazz, tell it, whoa, whoa To venture to my toes, two twins on them both I put in new AP, the water like a boat I was down bad on my dick, what was you dickles at? I know you turned your back on me just to get some racks I seen you swerve back, cause I'm in the black back New diamonds on me, a flash, just ain't Snapchat Cause I been getting paid Yellow diamonds on me, look like lemonade Got my baby mama, that new Bentayga Tryna get a dojo like a sensei Rose Royce umbrellas when I'm in the rain My, my business. I got brothers that did the time, I ain't kidding. All these rappers just talk about it, I live Going up, I ain't got no sky living. Yeah, 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 yeah. I drop into yeah. the bloody bottoms, it's underneath. Cause I'm my got it out the streets. I keep a hundred racks inside my jeans. I remember hitting them all with a whole team. Not can't ask a call cause I'm balling. I was waking up getting racks in the morning. I was broke, now I'm rich, deep. Anonymous, get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, basically the difference between the term sex and gender. Okay. So basically, sex is basically what refers to the penis or the vagina. So that's what determines if you're female or male, not gender. Gender is basically different like um, attributes that you have that society determines whether you act feminine, masculine, or something in between. So that's why people say 
there's more than two genders, which is true, but there's not more than two sexes. The only two sexes are female and male, but there's more than two genders because you could determine how you feel. Yo, I ain't got anyway. time for all this wokeness this morning, bro. What you talking Yo, about, man? Listen, I don't even know what you're talking about right saying. now. What I'm saying, all right, <laughs> is that basically when people refer to gender, they're really referring to sex because there's a difference between sex and gender. Who, who referred to? All right, man. I'm you know, awake. Yeah, I'm right. awake, but I'm not woke. I'm awake I'm this morning, but I'm not woke, bro. I don't even know where that, that came from. These woke people are so tired. You need some sleep. I don't know what he's talking about. Alex. What's up? What's up? What's up? Get what's it up up? your chest, Alex. Who is Envy the Don? Yes, sir. What's up, brother? Envy the Don. My man, what's up? Envy the Don got that bread. Jay-Z got that <laughs> billion, huh? Yeah, Jay-Z got a billion. Oh, got a billy. Got it, Billy. How they get it? Do we learn from Jay or we learn from Nipsey Hussle? Which one? You said what? Do we learn from Nipsey Hussle or do we learn from Jay-Z? You learned from both of them. You had more than one teacher in school, didn't you? Yeah, hopefully you learn from a lot of people every day. About? Why y'all say such stupid things? Seriously, why do you wake up in the morning and just like say things that you give no thought to whatsoever? So you only learn from one person throughout your whole life? Nah, Charlamagne. We ain't even got to go like that, Charlamagne. I'm just morning. saying, you know who Nipsey Hussle learned from his OGs? He learned from Elijah Muhammad, message to the black man. Elijah Muhammad was always talking about doing for self and owning your own. So what are we talking about here? We learn from a lot of different people in life. Don't forget that bag to get that mail. All right, man. Have a blessed day. Peace, bro. <laughs> yeah, y'all just pissing what's me off this morning. What's, what's up with y'all this morning, know. man? They're getting it off their chest, Charlamagne. <laughs> Let's just let them talk. They do sound let a little go. stupid this morning. <laughs> Michael! Hey, how's it going, brother? Good morning, everybody. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning, neighbor! Get it off your chest, Michael. Yeah, I, yep, I'm calling from Delray Beach. I'm on my way to work to Davey. It's a long way, but I love you guys. I'm always listening to the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you, sir. We Thank appreciate you, so you, man. You're welcome. Charlamagne, the guy, I love you, brother. I, I appreciate I, the work. And everything, man. We love you, bro. I love you too, my brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, King. Then, hello? <laughs> hey, what's going on, Charlemagne? Good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, what's happening, good King? Good morning, man. I was at I was at USP Edgefield when you were on Wendy Williams show, man. Come on, man. I, I remember you, man. Is that a jail? Hey, I'm just okay. Saying, yes, yes. Well, I did 188 months in the Fed. First time. Damn. Ever. Well, welcome and home. I did from, yes, sir. I did from 99 to 2014. Damn. And then from 2014 to two weeks ago, a supervised release. I had to do 60 months of supervised release. Wow. So, Lord have mercy. What did you do? Yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't even call a person like you. If I called you, I would have got violated on my supervised release. No, but what did you do? Crazy. What did you do, bro? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I sold some guns to somebody. They robbed the bank. And guess what? They introduced me to an undercover, and I sold him 900 pounds of marijuana. And guess what? That's what they got me on, and they banned me. Guns and marijuana. So and why you don't write a rap album? I mean, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I mean, I had to wear it. I had to do my time. And I remember when you were just listening to, uh, I mean, you were on Wendy Williams' show for like four hours. I was in Edgewood, South Carolina. Yes, and it sir. Was crazy because, and honestly, I could not call a radio station while I was on paper. Well, you still I had to do sixty. Was something he said back then is still on your mind? Because you know we've been in Breakfast Club for ten years. So what did he say fifteen years ago that you still with right now? Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. You went off on was it Crazy Bone or, <laughs> or uh, I can't believe. Crazy. Hold what? up, man. It was <laughs> hey, it was uh. 
Flavor Flav. That's all I'm going to say. They're, they're, that is One of the bones. Bro, you know that's 17 years ago, bro. Right you got to let it go. That was 17 I don't think years I, ago. I don't think I ever went off on one of the bones, but I will say this. Uh, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm because I can tell that you took you missed doing regular things like just picking up the phone to call a radio station. So you're really appreciative Man. to be able to do that now. Man, I, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, on this Twitter thing and all these other things, man, <laughs> I've just been clout chasing, doing everything what everybody else does, right? Oh boy! But I'm just seeing how the the. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. There's Why do you keep saying you're gonna be honest? What are you lying about? That's what uh -huh. he said before he was locked up. Let him go, Charlamagne. You know, hold on, brother. It sounds like this is a conversation you want to have with Charlamagne. You hold on. I'll give you Charlamagne. I ain't He got to catch up. There's a lot of things he got to catch up on. Hold on, man. He got There's a lot of things he got to catch up on. He's been listening to you 20 years ago. And I appreciate that. You know you what I'm saying? You I, pre I, I, I appreciate that I've been doing radio that long, and there's been people that's been listening to me that long. But I appreciate You got to fill him in, Charlamagne. It's just 20 years ago. I'm sure he got baggy jeans and a beeper still. So you just got to help him out. That Twitter thing. <laughs> that Twitter tell him, thing. Tell him hit me up on that Twitter thing. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Angel. Angel, what's up? Get it off your chest. Hey, I just want to say that, hey, Charlamagne is right. I think you are Dominican, and I'm going I'm to I'm give uh, you proof why. When, when YG was there and he was giving those uh, Spanish words, you were the first one answering all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you knew all the Spanish words. And before, Angel. You know I think, I, think, I think Charlamagne might be right. Angel, that wasn't me. That was Dramos, the that, that, board op. That you know, is not true. Why don't you stop t claim your people. That wasn't me. That was Dramos. Angel, are you Dominican? No, I'm Salvadorian. Okay, I thought you wanted to claim Envy. All right. No, no, I don't want to claim it. Why would I want to claim Envy? Oh, you don't want him to be Salvadorian? Maybe he's Salvadorian instead. Oh, maybe he is. Mm -hmm. Hey, come on, Envy. Just, 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 just own it. Just, just teach, own me, it. Just teach me a sentence, man. Say something, I'll repeat it. Uh, me gusta el desayuno. Si. Okay, I got that. What'd he say? He said, I like breakfast. Oh. Hello, who's this? What are we, comedians? Shayna. Hey, Shayna, get it off your chest. I just want to thank God for this day. That's and I, right. You know, I know. <laughs> Look, I am thank God for this day, for this job. I'm so blessed. I'm highly favored. I got my own business. And I just want to thank God. That's all, guys. Shana, Shana, you're, you're not just blessed and highly favored. You're blessed black and highly favored. You, you're absolutely right. I am blessed black and highly favored. And I just want to thank God for it. Thank yes, you, ma'am. Hello, who's this? What's up, Envy? This is E from Asheville, North Carolina again. What's up, bro? You started your business this weekend? Man, I started me up my business this weekend as hot as uh, a hot dog cart called Bunny LLC. Bunny like LLC. I like that. That's yeah. dope. Congratulations, sir. Hey, you should have came hey, man, out to the seminar, man. You would have had over a thousand people wanting some hot dogs, brother. Oh, yeah, man. That's what I'm waiting on, man. I got to get to this money, man. I ain't mad at you. Hey, man, I want to uh, thank y'all, man. You, Charlemagne, Angela Yee, uh, man, how you be a family guy, man. I really love that, man. And there's a lot of family men out here that look up to that, man. Keep going. Keep doing that. Charlemagne, man, you just keep us in inspired and everything. Angela Yee, I love you. You're beautiful and everything, baby. Um, I would like all y'all to take a look at Black Alachian. He, he hiked the Appalachian Trail, and he biked the Underground Railroad. Black election, he got YouTube up, and he's just trying to uh, show, you know, black people that we can hike, and because of, 
The world come to an end, boy. We ain't gonna know how to do nothing. So you know, check them out. And you ain't lying. Rapper too, logo. Okay, all right, bro. All Thank right. you, man. I say that all the time. If, if it's a, a nuclear bomb or something was to hit, like what? How would people survive? People don't know how to fish. They don't know how to hunt. They don't know how to live off the land. Nothing. CJ, good morning. Hey, DJ Envy, what's going on, man? What's up, CJ? It's, hey, it's DJ. Oh, all right. What up, CJ? <laughs> hey, Envy, uh, Charlemagne and uh, Angela, you there? Yeah, they here. Yeah, we here. We here every morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. for nine years. Well, hey, 6.05 to 10 a.m. Hey, I got you. Hey, three things real quick. Angela, you are so beautiful. If I wasn't married, you'd be my woman, and you wouldn't be hiring me like you're doing your boyfriend. And, um, oh. two. <laughs> you ain't say thank you or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, well, I'm a thank you for hey, dissing my boyfriend. No, nah, I'm just saying you're beautiful. You'd be my woman if I wasn't married. All right, well, shout out to your wife. Black men don't cheat, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, hey, hey, that's my second point. Last Tuesday, I was getting off of work, and I was trying to go see my side chick, and the first thing I hear in the car is, black men don't cheat. I want to thank you, Lil Duval. <laughs> And Charlemagne, because once I heard that song, I turned right around, man. That's I went right. Home and my wife. We out here. We, we, we out here doing God's work, and you need to stop running around here like a little black boy and start being a real black man, because black men don't cheat, but black boys do. Stop being so a little you bro- so you exactly. broke up with your side chick? Yeah, I don't, I don't mess with her no more. It's, it's not worth it. Exactly, sir. How old are you? Twenty-eight. See what I'm saying? You still in that phase? I understand, but you know you got to yeah. be a black man, not a black boy, sir. Well, he's right. married. Right, right. And hey, and the last thing is, everybody be slandering you and empty for your gay jokes. But I'm the same way. Like I'm secure in my masculinity. I'm free to say and do whatever I want to do. The, the main ones who be fake mad and trying to distance themselves, those be the one on the down All right. Listen, with that said, I want you to know that today is National Peaches and Cream Day, sir. (laughs) All right? Oh, okay. Shout out to 112. Okay. Well, that, hey, that'd be my dessert for tonight. Then. There you go. Night. All and, right. And if you lick, if you get a little cream on your bottom lip, just lick it off with your tongue like a real man. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what my side chick used to do. That's what I. Stop talking about your side okay. chick, man. Grow up, he, sir. He misses her. <laughs> All right. Tyler. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Jeezy. What up, though? Welcome back. Come on, man. Back home, baby. Legend of the Snowman. Yes, sir. I'm ready. What's the expectations for you when you put together these Thug Motivation projects? Because these are these are special projects to yeah. people. I mean, for me, it's just like just making sure I'm in pocket and, and, and it's a real body of work. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I kind of figured the game out now. It's like you can't put a single out. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's A and R's, so you just got to put the body of work out and just and hope people take. It's, it's like a self help book. If you, you can't take a chapter and put it out, because that that might not be the chapter they want. You know what I'm saying? So, but I thought you like, retired. I thought Jeezy the Soul part of the liquor company. Yeah. We seen you on island, Listen, on first, boats, for the first of all, Miami first, on the beach. First, you first, said you retired. First, first of all, Mr. Forbes list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I gotta get as many cars as you before I start even talking like that. I know, but for me, man, it was like, um, you know, it was one of them things where, like, you know, I, I do music, but I, I also want to do, you know, business. Like, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm passionate about that because I understand it. Just coming from the block and learning how to get money, that, that's something that drives me. And it's just like if anybody know anything about life, it's like when you come stagnant and you're just doing the same thing, you know what I'm saying, kind of like take away from who you are. So, Where's the best place you've been on vacation? That um, you would say, this is where you got to go. Man, Europe. 
Mm-hmm. I just I, I just love Europe. Period, man. It just it's just you know the food's different, the air's different, the moon's different. It's, it's just different. I, and I took one of my homies the last time I went. He never been. He's from you know he's straight from the hood, but just to see the look on his face, you know, just to see how life is just so different. You know what I'm saying? Just to live through him because I've been there a couple times. I mean, just it, it, it was real. It was surreal. Have you ever cried somewhere? Have you ever been somewhere and been like, God damn, I'm really not on Auntie Porsche no more selling that work? Nah, not yet. I guess I ain't been there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I, I've I've been in situations where I, I've sat back and realized how blessed I am. Though. Like, mm. Yeah, I've been there. When the last time you felt that feeling of gratitude? Oh, man, like um, maybe a couple of days I was on my flight and I was listening to the album, just kind of listening to the mixes and stuff. And... um. I was listening to the, the the intro track, the Entrepreneur. That's all. Yeah, I thought it was I, Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know. It just kind of really brought back memories though, because I'm 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 telling the story about that, and I'm just like, damn, you know, I really went through that, but you know, I'm still out here on my grind. But at the same time, it just really like took me back in that that memory lane. I'm like, damn, I just remember those hard times and going through all this stuff, and it's just like overcoming it. It's just like sometimes you don't pat yourself on the back enough. Mm-hmm. Overcoming things because you're so in real time. I talk to Tip about it all the time. It's like we we accumulate so much and we so successful in so many different ways. We don't take the time to look at the last accomplishment we did because we on to the next thing. Is that your favorite joint in the album? Entrepreneur. Uh, no, nah, man. Actually, I love the 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 John Legend song about my mother. Mm-hmm. That was deep. I can't. You know, I don't even listen to that one. By the way, so it's like when I wrote it, I, I listened to it and they mixed it. I was done with it, but I I definitely can't touch that one. Like, what's, I, what's so hard about it? Right? I mean, because, you know, my mother, she's, she's got a situation, so she's not healthy right now. And it's just like, that record basically describes she's the real MVP. And it's like, um, I, when I jumped off the porch, I took a lot of my time trying to, you know, come up and take care of everybody. And I ain't really take the time to be her son. And it's just like, now, she she's not well. So it's just like, when I when I see people moving around, taking their mothers on tour, on vacation, uh, doing things, it's just like, damn, you know, I gotta go see my mother in this place. Mm. And, and, and you know, it, it hurt because it's like, I, I missed all that time. And it's like, I can't get none of it back. And it's just like, I didn't get none but some money. You know what I'm saying? So I, I didn't really gain much and, I, and, right. I, and all, I lost my mind. But like, I think every day for like, giving me like morals and, and, and teach me what integrity was and, and, and how to be a man. It's just like, she she don't really get a chance to see me in that light. Mm-hmm. But it's like, cause now I'm, I'm, I'm of age and I have grew up, so I ain't really with the you know, but it's just like she ain't here to see that. All right, we got more with Jeezy when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Come on. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jeezy. Yee. So, Jeezy, how are you now when it comes to shopping and clothes? Are you really into it? Do you spend your money on Nah, your, like, man, designer? I keep it G, man. Like, I try. I don't lie. I try. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I try, man. You know, I might go buy some things, but I, I, my homies call me. Like, I had some Balenciaga boots, man. <laughs> and, man, listen, them things caused a mass hysteria, and I thought they was the flyest boots in the world. I got calls like, yo, you on one time what you do with them cowboy boots on? You think you lose that? I'm like, no. You think you lose that? I wanted these boots. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted these. I bought these. I that was, was recently. Like, yeah. I wasn't bought oh, yeah, right. these. You I'm like, yo, these is the, you got the buckle on them. Like, this is it. You know, I'm thinking I'm on my Tupac. You know what I'm saying? I get calls. Trey Soul's called me talking about we got a, we got a, we got a group chat going. They killing you because I'm a city team. Yo. <laughs> I'm like, yo, so I called him, I called a trigger, I was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I said, on the day the album comes out, I said, I want all y'all to come over. I said, I'm going to get some wood, 
You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get some. I'm, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some um, lighter fluid. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get everything I need. And I want you to come over to the crib. And on August 23rd, on the day the album comes out, I'm gonna burn. These I'm gonna burn these boots in front of everybody because I, I need my friends back. The boots cost me friends, man. <laughs> the boots cost me friends, dog. Yo, I swear, like. Calling me like OT Jennings, come tell your cousin, what's up with you, man? The homies, out here, the, homies, the homies out here in LA want to know if you still solid. I'm like, yo, my man, I they Belicia. Oh, you call? Yeah, See, look. Let's take another look. 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 I don't know about the boy. Like, nah, they all right. They all right. Like, all right. <laughs> I'm a rock. Did you fire the stylist after that? He it was it my call. Now, let me ask you this since this is the last of the installment of Thug Motivation. And this is the last album on Def Jam. What's right. next? Ah uh, man, for me, um, right here, figures, wi figures wireless. Um, this this is like my new baby. I got I got the Defiance few, uh, Athlete Water, of course. Um, like NVM Heavy and Real Estate, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously Avion Tequila, and I got my agency, Agency Ninety Nine, which we rent, manage artists, brands, and businesses. But um, music, yeah, but um. What are you gonna do musically? Another deal? Are you gonna have your own independent label? I mean, I just feel gonna... I feel like I got the infrastructure to do whatever, but it's just like for me right now, I I just gotta take some some time to like really just I got my next 10, 15 year plan, but I just want to really see how I want to execute that. Because mm -hmm. I look at people like Magic Johnson, I love Magic, like that's my mentor, like you know what I'm saying. I just love the fact that he's solid, he lives his life, he got balance around him, he takes care of his friends in a way, he's giving them experiences. And he, he's traveling, he's seeing the world. But if you look at other athletes that were, that came up with him, they're not set up like that. Mm -hmm. So that just tells me that I got to move in that way if that's what I want to be in 10, 15, 20 years because that's what I respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love, um, you know, Allen Iverson and different people that I know that kept it real and was hanging out in the strip clubs with me and all that. Mm -hmm. But then I have to look at somebody like Magic Johnson after he was, you know, a great basketball player. Now he's a great husband. Now he's right. a great father. Now he's a great, you know, mentor. Now he's... He's, he's a great businessman, and I, and I watched his movies. I remember when he had the um, the uh, uh, HIV. No, no, we don't do that. <laughs> the uh, the Magic Johnson uh, theaters. Yes. Oh, yeah. TGI Fridays. Yeah. Like we didn't see the move then. You know, we were just going like, oh, you Magic Johnson. But he was already making his moves. And right. if you really think about Atlanta, all the history that had happened in Vince's nightclub, right? So all the all the history that happened there, he tore all that shit down and built, you know, uh, hot rises. So he he was powerful enough to come take our whole nightlife away and build high rises on that street and give them to his son. You know what I mean? So I look at things like that and I go, man, like to me, that's that's the American dream. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I I, I you know I'm I'm pretty cold at what I do. I think I'm in Charlemagne's top five. I know. So that, you, you got you got to be hard to be there. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, is that the only contribution I want to make to the world? I don't think so. Well, the album is out tomorrow. That's right. TM 104. TM 104. We appreciate you for joining us. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all for having me. Shouts out to Figures Wireless. Uh, Shouts out to Defiance Fuel. Shouts out to New York City. Um, Shouts out to AC 99. Shouts out to The Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it's The Breakfast Club. It's Jeezy. Yes, sir. DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we were talking about Lil Wayne's daughter. Yes. Reginae. Reginae, Little Wayne and Toya, Rice's daughter. Mm -hmm. And she went to this cucumber pool party, and she previously had been 
really not excited about these women doing this cucumber challenge, so people were go- getting at her for being at the party. But she said, okay, guys, I want to say this. I went to the party to spy on YF and Lucci. Females don't act like you never did it. But when I heard about the cucumber activities, I left. To be honest, I've made myself look like a fool for this man, and I apologize for allowing you guys to see it. I'm young and still learning. Now, have you ever spied on your man before, ye? Have I ever did a pop-up? That's yeah. the same thing as spy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, I've done a pop-up. I, I don't try to think if I've ever gone to a party, but I've definitely popped up at his house. I did, I did that a couple of times. One time I actually climbed through the window. That's a real pop-up. Uh, and that's because I knew something was going on. And sometimes, even though we know things, we want to see it with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I guess that was really the end of it for me, to be able to see somebody doing something with my own eyes. Yeah, I've done it once or twice, Charlemagne. Uh, always. I grew up a very insecure <laughs> young man. Me too. And when you were the type of person like me who was cheating on my woman, it made me feel guilty. So that on top of my insecurity, uh, I thought she was doing dirt when she wasn't. So yes, I popped up at jobs. I popped up at dorms. I popped up. I popped up, up in class one at time. Apartments. I popped up in class. Rolled my motorcycle right to her class. Well, yeah, what do you think she was doing in class? I don't know. I don't know. You just want to see. Maybe she passing a note. Maybe she holding hands. Like as a guy, as mm-hmm. a guy, when a guy is already doing dirt. Like, you automatically think your woman is just, like, you know, sucking everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if she's not. Like, any, it can go down anytime, any place. So, yes. Yeah, I, I was, definitely I was had guys insecure. pop up on me that was at parties. Insecure. And, yeah. listen, I'll leave a party if somebody tried to pop up on me. i slide out and be like, this is ridiculous. Or you pop up, like, you know, like I say... Like, say, like, you know, my my wife was in college. They used to be partying at this place called Five Points. Five Points was all the college kids used to go on Thursday night. I mean, anybody could go hang out there, but that wasn't really my scene. But you just pop up at a random place. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, you just be you just be in Charlotte's Roost and while she in there. Like, why are you in Charlotte's Roost? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just doing a little shopping. What is For Charlotte's Roost? It's a clothing, clothing store, store down south. But you know, you just you just pop up in random places you ain't got no business being. Why are you at my OBGYN? Oh, I don't know. I just what? came nothing. Hello, who's this? Hello, my name is Jasmine. How you doing? What's what up, Jasmine? Jasmine? Queen of the pop-up. Jasmine is way too loud to be popping up on somebody. <laughs> no, I definitely popped up on that ass. But, uh, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, I'm really the pop-up queen, though. Let me mm-hmm. tell y'all. I had a tracker on my on my baby daddy car for, like, three years, and he never knew it. Wow. He, like, dang, like, thinking that his friends did on him and everything like that, but really, he <laughs> had no idea that I was just, like, tracking that ass, though, all day, every day. I don't know how he couldn't figure that out when you was just showing up places. Nobody puts a track on somebody's car. Clearly they do. Jasmine, you're crazy. Crazy as hell. Don't play with me. Okay. And you did that for three years? Yeah, and he never knew, though, right? He never knew. So, listen, like, one time he went out to eat with this girl. Like, I sat in the parking lot. I let him eat it, everything. They went back to his apartment, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, just following him. He's like, okay. So, this keeps me. So, I just... You know, I just walk up to the apartment, knock on the door. He, they start, turn off the lights and stuff, try to hide and stuff. I end up texting the girl phone like, like, tell that he got five minutes to come outside or I'm coming in that bitch. And Damn. He, he, <laughs> and like, they scattered out that much. That's crazy that for three years he wasn't scared enough to stop doing the stuff he was doing. Sharon. Yes. You ever popped up on an ex or, or man or your man? You know what? No, because if something is going on, I don't want to know about it. Mm. You get in trouble when you go looking for trouble. Mm. But here's my story. So I <laughs> found out that my soon-to-be ex-husband um, put his cell phone in my car. So one day I'm parked, and all of a sudden I just hear this music out of the blue, and I'm like, what is that? So I look at my back seat, and he shoved his cell phone in between my back seat so he could track me. 
So he didn't have his cell phone on him. He just left it no, in the car. No, he had another cell phone. Oh, he had another. He had okay. phone on my he iPhone. Yes, exactly. He had a, he had a second one. Dang. Wow, he had to charge that every day. Right. That's they, that's smart though. Why did he not trust you? Was there a reason, or he just his insecurities? Mm-mm. All right, thank mm-hmm. you. Exactly. D'Angelo. Yo, yo. You you popped up on your wife, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. <laughs> He's like, good morning, good first of morning. all. I'm not crazy. What you do, D'Angelo? <laughs> Uh, I ain't do n- well. Yeah, I responded to what she did. She went out, and I didn't want her to go out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got my daughter in the truck, put my dog in the truck, and pulled up at the club on, called her in line. And but at the thing was, I knew that I brought, I brought my dog with me because I felt like I was gonna have to go into the club. <laughs> but uh, I didn't have to go in the club, thank God. But anyway, I got out, caused a little scene in the line, got her in the truck, and then we pulled off. So wow. wait, you brought your dog, dog hanging out the car and your daughter and me while I'm yelling at her. So you was gonna bring your dog and daughter in the club to find her? No, I was gonna leave the dog and the daughter in the car while I was in the club. You, how old is your daughter? Oh, she was a baby, baby then. You was oh, gonna so leave a baby? <laughs> so you about to go to jail in the car? You about to go to jail because of, of your own insecurities? I'm nice. Dang. One of those nights. Oh, my Man, you should have just sent the dog in the club. This is awful. <laughs> and he rationalized it, but like, you know what? My dog go watch my daughter while Look, I go in the club for a second. Bro, I have oh, the no. best guard dog in the world. <laughs> I wouldn't have did it had my dog been a, been, a, been like one of uh, Andy's Mollywalls. But, you know. <laughs> All right, man. I'm sorry. That's too much. Have a good one. He's called a sitter. I ain't going to front. That ain't a bad idea. I leave, I leave the, the, the dog in the car with the kids. That's I'll, a terrible I'll right idea. Back. Shut up. <laughs> What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is get your insecurities together, bro. Okay, trust me. I've been there. And then I feel sorry for Reginae, but she's young, though. You know what I mean? So I get it. You know, you it's do just stu- happening so publicly for her. Yeah, you yeah. do stuff like that when you're young. When you have those insecurities and, you know, you just want to make sure somebody's doing right by you, I get it. I get it. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Yes, sir. We have Michael Eric Dyson, who has a book that's coming out. Jay-Z, Made in America. Yes, sir. And a Your whole t- course on Jay-Z as well. That's true, too. <laughs> Your timing yeah. couldn't be better. I mean, <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> what is this book about? Well, you know, as... Uh, Sister Angela was saying, I've been teaching a course on Jay for like the last decade and nearly the last decade, I should say. And so I wanted to take what I've been doing in that class and put in the book because it appeared to me as it should to anybody. When you're pouring over these lyrics, this dude is a rhetorical genius. He has verbal invention. He's got all kind of skills. And the irony is, as great as people think Jay is, he's underrated. He's underrated because they don't understand the mechanics behind what he's doing. Right. The kind of poetic rules and inventions, the use of metaphor, simile, how sophisticated it is. And then when you add in there the fact he don't even write it down. Mm-hmm. This book kind of is a, the finishing of a trilogy of figures who have been uh, incredibly important and influential uh, in the world of hip-hop. It's interesting. You've been teaching this course at Georgetown for 10 years, mm-hmm. and so much has happened in Jay-Z's life in the course of that 10 years. So it's how do you adjust incredible. to that as you come up with your syllabus every year? Yeah, that's a great point. Well, you got to evolve, you know? Mm-hmm. And and Hove is putting out so much work and putting in so much work and doing so many things because it's not just the music he's doing, it's what he's doing beyond the culture um, of hip-hop itself or it's especially beyond rap. So his business ventures, 
his engagement in the world, his entrepreneurial, um, you know, exploits, uh, his criminal justice reform stuff, all of that stuff. And then just the music itself, just the words themselves, mm -hmm. uh, the density of his poetic inventiveness is something that I'm preoccupied with. So every time out, you know, we focus on a different aspect or a different level of his creativity and look at new stuff he's done. How often do you guys communicate with each other? Um, you know, pretty pretty routinely. Um, you know, the best, best thing he did for me on this book, people say, well, did you sound interview him? No, because I got my ideas. Mm -hmm. I don't need to interview Hove. I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about him for a decade. The most amazing thing he did for me was to allow me to quote from these lyrics so that I could stretch out and interpret them. Because, you know, and most, most publishers are very skittish. Mm -hmm. uh, only do half a sentence. Yeah, you got to pay for line. it. Yeah. You got to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> copyright. Uh, we might get sued. And so I'll reach out to him. I say, I say man. Can, help I, can, me I, out. can I can can you help can a brother? Can I live? Out? Can you get <laughs> God forgive me for my brash delivery, but I remember vividly <laughs> what, what these streets did to me. me. Imagine me allowing you to nitpick at me, portray me like a pickany. So, you know, and I, I had asked it him, could he <laughs> could he give me permission? And he when he signed off, it blew my publisher's minds. But that's why even on the cover, you see the the lyrics to the OJ mm -hmm. song embossed there. It's a pretty dope cover, I must say. Yes, I didn't, it is. I didn't, no, I didn't do it, but it's a pretty nice cover. <laughs> and we wanted to do something that was worthy of holding on the inside. You can see that Basquiat-influenced kind of uh, artwork mm -hmm. on the inside there. So, you know, uh, he gave permission to do that, and that, that makes a big difference. Why is the book uh, dedicated to Michael Rubin and Robert Frederick Smith? Yeah, well, you know, both of them are interestingly enough are connected to Jay okay on his criminal justice reform crim, uh you know reform alliance and you know Michael Rubin was instrumental in helping Meek Mill get out of jail so for that alone I got to get you some love yeah but then understanding that you got to leverage that to a larger issue that Jay is concerned about cash bails are jacked up uh, the kind of dysfunction of the criminal justice system that saw Meek Mill go in and out of prison for parole violations for a decade for some nonsense when he was a child or, or a young teen or a, a teenager. And then, you know, to address that as uh, they used to call them owners, but partners of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers is worthy of that. And Robert Frederick Smith, when you go to Morehouse and drop 40 mil on him. Yes, sir. And say, look, I'm going to take care of your bills. Yes, sir. Uh, and your future is vouchsafed and it's secure as a result of what this gesture is about. I got to show love and respect. Uh, so both of them are connected to that Reform Alliance, but both of them have done significant things to advance the ball in terms of advocating for the future of young black men in America and young black people. What has what, what, what Jay-Z gotten right in this whole NFL situation, and what has he gotten wrong? Well, look, I think that, you know, people say, oh, he sold out. He just messed up. He, he First of all, he's rocking the Colin Kaepernick jersey, and then he turns around, and he's, and he's telling other artists not to be involved in the Super Bowl, and then he turns around, and he's advising them, and uh, he's cutting a deal. I think what people misunderstand is that you got to have a three-point shooter, and you got to have baseline. Mm. You got to have Steph Curry and you got to have LeBron going in and jamming the ball. And you got to have people occupying both spaces, inside, outside. Martin Luther King Jr. standing outside. I have a dream criticizing the social 
uh, injustices that prevail. But then Martin Luther King Jr. going inside with Lyndon Baines Johnson, the president, and saying, how do we craft the Civil Rights Bill of 1964? How do we craft legislation for the Voting Rights Act? Now, the Voting Rights Act is brought into existence not because of the good graces of the presidency or the desire, even though LBJ wanted to do that, but he wanted to have a social condition that prevailed, a political pressure brought to bear to make it sensible to do so. Mm -hmm. That's how things work. Mm -hmm. And so when Jay-Z is out putting pressure on the NFL, people don't give him credit for this, that the fact that he said, don't go do the Super Bowls and uh, halftime shows, and look, NFL, we in stadiums too. Yeah, NFL needs me, we don't need them. Yeah. We in stadiums too. That puts pressure. They, they didn't just do it because of the goodness of their hearts. They saw this man wields significant economic influence and cultural power and as a result of that, the pushback was genuine and palpable. So now they invite him in to have a conversation. What's he supposed to go? No, I want you to do right. Oh, but I'm not going to tell you what I think is right. Well, if I tell you what you're doing is wrong, and then you invite me into the conversation to say what's right, I got to sit down and tell you. So, so for me, Jay-Z going inside is really responding to the pressure he brought to bear on the outside. And sitting down talking about either the acts that are going on in halftime, all right, but the social justice agenda. And do we really doubt that Colin Kaepernick, whatever you think of that, Colin Kaepernick, a bold, amazing, iconic social justice figure, would never have had an opportunity to even have what is now a botched, mm -hmm. you know, tryout mm -hmm. and audition for the NFL without Jay-Z bringing pressure to bear. Now, the people who were critical of Jay said, well, damn, it, it, you think at least he could have done is got my man a job. Mm -hmm. First of all, that ain't high work. Are you not understanding of how mm -hmm. it works? Roger Goodell, who is the commissioner, can't even go to a team and make them do it. No. But can they leverage authority? Yeah. Can they say, wink, wink, nod, nod, come on, bro. Let's do something for this guy. Jay-Z is putting enormous pressure. You know Roger Goodell, if he wanted to do that, he would have done so before Jay-Z came on the scene. Absolutely. So we know Jay-Z's presence was significant there. So for me, it's the inside versus outside dichotomy that we've got to reckon with. And we got to stop the hate. If you disagree with me, then I'm a coon. Then I'm a sellout. I'm not saying that there are not people who have done dastardly things in the name of racial duty and who, who deserve to be called out or at least called to account. But the ready, ready resort to trying to beat people up and you a coon and you, you know what? You coon in somebody today and you're going to be cooned the next day. Wait, you cancel somebody today, you're going to get canceled yourself the next day. All right, we got more with Michael Eric Dyson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. We're back. It's The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We have Michael Eric Dyson in the building. What do you think about Stephen A. Smith's take on Colin Kaepernick not actually uh, conforming with, to what the NFL wanted him to do? Well, you know, I was on, look, Stephen A. Smith is a friend of mm -hmm. mine. I'm, I'm friendly with Colin Kaepernick. I, I love and adore him. And I think, look, what Stephen A. Smith was trying to suggest is that in the context of what the NFL is, first of all, we know they messed up. We know they jacked up. We know they took a job from you that you shouldn't have had taken from you. You know this, right? And we, we, that's, that's not a mystery. The fact that Colin Kaepernick even has to be in this position is fundamentally unjust. The fact that he has to be begging for something, not begging, asking for something, an opportunity to show that he is capable of performing in the NFL when he didn't, because of his own merit, fail to do that. When because it wasn't his arm wasn't good. It wasn't that he, now, now true enough, 
he had some troubles when he was starting and he was benched in favor of somebody else and so on. That's all true. But the man still wields tremendous talent and is better than half the people starting right now. And certainly the people they go on the street and find and bring into the NFL because they're desperate for a quarterback. So there's no question that the white supremacist outlook and mindset and worldview and Weltanschauung and every other word you can generate of these owners that prevents them from understanding that their own bigotry and bias will keep Colin Kaepernick on the sidelines is a serious issue that cannot be dismissed. And this is the tradition, if I can say that, that some black people, including Stephen A. Smith, come from. Here's the position. Black people always against the odds. It ain't never fair. Mm-hmm. Right? Martin Luther King Jr., forget a waiver on a contract. Mm-hmm. Forget. Now, I'm not saying that that's not important, right? Because if the waiver being signed was to suggest that somehow you would you would surrender your right to be able to sue in the future or to accuse people of further collusion, right? That's, that's idiotic. Ain't nobody trying to do that. But the broader issue is this. Pharaoh will never provide you a scholarship for freedom. Right? That's the real. people who are your enemies and your opponents will never grant you even the fair conditions for you to compete. But the best of our people have competed against the odds. Was it fair for Jackie Robinson to have to live the way he did? No. Was it right? No. Did he do it? Yes. Should we have to? No. Should Colin Kaepernick have to exist by a kind of segregated Jim Crow law in the modern era in 2019 when we've had, you know, uh, voting rights for black people in the South since 1965? No, no. But is white supremacy still real? Yes. Does it amplify within the cauldrons of, you know, the NFL and American institutional culture and corporate culture? Absolutely. So the thing is, knowing that going in the door, you don't never expect them to be fair. You demand, you request, but you go out there and show, you know what? Even with your funky, foul, nefarious tricksterism, I'm going to show you I can toss this rock, I can chuck this pill, I can throw this pigskin, mm-hmm. and I can do what's necessary to do. Put the burden back on them. And then if they don't hire you, even though we know now he still can play, they already know that. If they don't hire you, that's on them. That's, that's up to them. So I think there's a tradition of black response. And I know a lot of black people, oh, my God, this is the politics of respectability, and you're trying to prove that you're twice as good just to compete. I'm sorry. I'm 61 years old. That's the generation I'm from, mm-hmm. right? So my point is, is that, yes, there is a thing uh, such as loving Colin Kaepernick, supporting Colin Kaepernick, wanting him to do the best and the right thing, and suggesting this. You could tighten up some of your, some of your strategy, too. You could, there's a way in which you might approach this that might be different. Now, this is not to put the burden on him. Like, you do the right thing, uh, and, and then the NFL is let off the hook. No. But we know we're living in a white supremacist society where the, the patent unfairness and hypocrisy is pervasive. So knowing that going in the door, be armed to be able to compete and to deal with this. This is why, by the way, <clears throat> when Martin Luther King Jr., and other figures in his branch of the movement were involved, they were rigorously trained. They were taught principles. They were taught about they were taught about social injustice, how to deal with potential scenarios that would prevail that allowed them to be able to do their best on the battlefield. I'm gonna tell you something, man. I, I agree <clears throat> with a lot of what you said, mm-hmm. most of it. And if I was cap and I would have saw that waiver where they was trying to get me to sign over my rights to, you know, not be able to sue sure. them in the future. Mm-hmm. And if they would have gave me an ultimatum that said, hey, I don't know if this is true, mm-hmm. they said they gave right. me an ultimatum that said, take it or leave it, you got two hours. Right. I'd have said, f*** them. 
Of course. I mean, yeah. who, who wouldn't do that? So you wouldn't it, have held the other tryout? No. Okay. And if I did hold the All other right. tryout, I would have only held it as for attention. So when I got in front of them cameras, mm -hmm. I put them on blast for that waiver. Well, see, that's the thing. See, here's the part of the problem. You know, the NFL is saying one thing about the waivers. They're swearing up and down. That's not what it is, right? It's being misrepresented. Mm -hmm. They're saying it was Cap a standard is, waiver. That's, of course, mm -hmm. and Capside is saying something else. So we don't really know. Well, they showed, they, they, uh, <clears throat> I saw an article yesterday um, where they showed the standard waiver and right. the waiver Cap got. It was definitely more language in Cap's wa waiver. Well, no doubt. And, and, and the bottom line is, beyond the waiver, the man has been mistreated. Ain't nobody else getting subject to what he's being subject that's to. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's criminal at that level. There's no question about that. But that, that's different from us then trying to figure out what is the strategic response. And we don't have to be sellouts because we say, hey, there's a way in which you can do it. Is it, is it wrong to say, hey, Cap, it might be good that when people are trying to get at you who know stuff about this, you could respond to them. Right? Now, let me give you an example. I love Colin Kaepernick. I was at the Tyler Perry event. Yes, sir. The I Big Chin Day. Yes, sir. You know? And when Beyonce thanked me for, you know, showing love to them all the time. After that, I don't know really what happened. <laughs> I went home. I'm just not sure. If their time stopped moving, if the float of eternity had descended with, uh, you know, powerful and poetic intensity, stop hating. So the thing is, <laughs> is that Kaepernick came up to me and said, look, man, I'm going to have to straighten you out about what's going on. I said, cool. I'm available. Right? I said, but Cap. I'll be texting you. You don't reply back. You give me a text when you want me to be your PR guy to tell what's going on in the world. But when I'm trying to get at you to interview you, I've defended Kaepernick in my last three books. In Tears We Cannot Stop, A Sermon of White America, and What Truth Sounds Like, uh, J, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, James Baldwin, and the conver uh, Unfinished Conversation on Race in America, and now in this book on Jay-Z, I love and adore him. I admire him. But I think that there's a way in which we could talk honestly right. behind the scenes about things. That ain't got to be me. And and Miss Miss Nessa, a lovely, brilliant, wonderful woman, his Nessa. partner, you know, said, hey, I want to talk to you. I called both of them. Ain't got no response. Now, I'm not trying to put them on blast. That ain't my point. Because you ain't got to call Mike or Eric Dyson. But I'm saying talk to people, and I hope you are, in your community. But is it wrong to say we can talk off stage, off, off the phone, behind the scenes, so I could offer... Whatever I do, I kind of do this for a living. Mm -hmm. I've written 21 books. I've been teaching for 30 years. I'm out here in these streets. I'm doing what I do. <laughs> I'm saying I do have something, and people usually pay me a bunch of money for that. I'm trying to offer it to you for free. You ain't got to take my advice, but I'm saying engage. But don't be upset then in the public sphere mm -hmm. and square when I have to then talk about there could be alternatives to strategic intervention. Because you I haven't heard from it. him firsthand. I can't do it. I, 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 I think it's hard for Colin and Nessa to trust people at this moment. I can understand. Look, and I, and I get it. They get, it. they get a lot of I death threats. And especially I think this whole situation with Jay-Z, it just it divided the culture in a way that it shouldn't It shouldn't have, it had, shouldn't it shouldn't have, have had to. At the same time. If if you're tell if you're challenging me about you want to straighten me out and I call you to get straightened out and you don't straighten me out, dog, that ain't on me. And listen here, I, that doesn't mean therefore because I didn't hear from you, I'm going to do. I'm going to be principled in my response right. regardless. You're just going to speak on what you know from what you. I'm going to speak researched. on what I believe, mm -hmm. what I know, what I think, how I reflect, the understanding of how this stuff has operated in the past, the ways in which leaders have clashed and disagreed. This ain't the first time. Cancel culture didn't invent it. It just amplifies it more. That's it right. makes it more immediate. All right, we got more with Michael Eric Dyson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
You know what I wanted to ask you about? Mm-hmm. Um, well, two th- well, honestly, I wish Cap would just say, F*** the NFL. That's mm-hmm. number one. Honest, I, I wish he would just be like, but I don't want to play no more. I know, but... But look at you. If somebody did that to you and they say, I just wish Charlemagne would just say, radio. That's what he, that's his life. I would that's start a podcast. I wouldn't beg iHeart to, 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 to keep me you on. You starting a podcast is different than him starting, starting a league. whole league. Yeah. Come on, Doc. I'm just saying, man, it comes a point in time where you have to have some integrity about yourself. He has and, tremendous and, 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 and stop And stop kind of like knocking on these white people's door when you know they don't want to let you in. Well, all of us are knocking on the white man's door. Are we? You at the... Do- Is this a black-owned radio station? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm not knocking, though. But, but if they... But you ain't got to knock. But Wait, if no, you, no, but look if, how easy that is. Okay. They're coming to get you. You yeah. ain't got to knock. <laughs> but They're coming to get you. All I'm simply saying is if they, was, if they kicked me out, right, for three years... That's theory. They kicked me out for three you years. You ain't got no money to support your family. Your he, wife looking at you. He got money, though. Oh, he got That's money, what I'm but saying. I'm saying... But, what, I, he, but it's I, not, what he's passionate about. He grew up, and this is his life, like football. He wants to play in the NFL. Dude, he's he got sh- skill. Yes. He was doing the biceps. But I, he is Kaepernick. He was one throw from winning the Super Bowl. This is what he's born to do. If somebody tells me, Dyson, you can't speak, you can't teach, I'm going to go teach on the side road somewhere. That's cool, but why deny me a legitimate, legitimate opportunity to speak in a classroom that I've earned a degree for, and the only reason I can't do it <clears throat> to apply my wares and to, to 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 practice my craft is because of some arbitrary racist uh, refusal to acknowledge me. That that would go down th- real tough. I man. think what we're seeing right now is the suffering that comes from arguing with reality. Because I think Colin Kaepernick is bigger than football. I think he's. I think he oh, means. I think, I think he stands for more than what football is. And it might be his greatest gift. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to pay attention to how God has pushed you in another direction. And especially after last week, they gave him that waiver that clearly shows they're still trying to collude against him. But like, let me tell you something. I would have gave him the middle finger and been like, "F y'all. If y'all Negroes still watching <laughs> the NFL, y'all really awesome sellout." Well, here's the thing: in the dark, the divine and the demonic feel the same. Mm. How you know that's mm. God, right? Right. Remember, mm. Jacob was wrestling with the angel. And it said Jacob wrestled all night long until the morning. Why did he wrestle until the morning? Because sometimes in the dark, the devil and God feel the same. Mm. They do the same Mm. stuff. They push you. They irritate you. They make you mad. Mm. You don't know. So what you think is God could be evil and what you think is evil could be God. Remember, Mm. Joseph with the, 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 the coat of many colors said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. But but at the moment that you are the recipient of and the object of derision and scorn, that stuff is awful tough to take. Mm. It might be God speaking, but it sounds like the devil's voice you hear. Mm. So all of us have to struggle with what God's intent is for our lives. We don't know until later on. Maybe now he will understand, but, but that's not for me to say. So you've got to understand what your gift is, what mm-hmm. your time is, what your opportunity is, and that's not for us to say. And so, again, I would hesitate to say to Colin Kaepernick, clearly your destiny is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Because the attempt and effort that he's making and being rejected in public is an object lesson for somebody to look at. Mm. So maybe God's purpose is for us to see the public exposure of the shenanigans, mm-hmm. the hypocrisy, and the in the the incredible uh, manipulations that are going on, which are just as effective as him occupying a slot on an NFL team and doing what he's got to do. We don't know, but we can't we can't impose that. All we can do is derive meaning and benefit and advantage from what we see going on. And I would never presume to tell Colin Kaepernick what to do with his life. I support him with whatever he does. I just want us to be strategic in our assistance to him and our cooperation with him and trying to figure out the best route to redemption in this moment. And no simple conversation about, oh, 
you know, you're, you're a sellout because you said this, and you're a sellout because you agree with this, and you're a sellout because you think he should have an alternative strategy, or you're a sellout because you might have some constructive criticism about what might be being done, and if your goal is X, Y, and Z, let me help you achieve it. Mm. That's healthy. That's beautiful. Now, a lot of black people say, well, why can't we do it in public? When the last time you've been invited to a black meeting? What the hell is it? Where, where the hell is the black meeting? Is it the NAACP? All Negroes ain't members of that. Is it the Urban League? Ain't members of that. Is it the Crack House? Everybody can't get in. So my point is... There was a secret one a couple weeks ago. Okay, I see. <laughs> that lets you know that I'm a sellout, yellow Negro, and I did not get invited. Right? No, you probably Drake, did. Drake! Drake! And we, need Drake. To, and we need to have more of them. Mm -hmm. Well, you know no, we do. Invite we me do. to the next one. We but do. here's my point. There ain't no black meeting. That's the point. They're black meetings. Right. So the point is... The mythology of the necessity for uniformity and unity among black people undercuts the vibrant diversity and the rambunctious complexity of our existence. What I mean, all of us ain't got to be on the same page and believe the same thing in order for us to understand that we got to be in the communities that love and appreciate us and move forward. Don't hate on nobody else. That's real. Right, in the Bible, Paul, Paul and Silas and all in Timothy, look, we got to part. You on your path. I'm on mine. You don't like T.D. Jakes? Listen to Freddie Haynes. You don't like Freddie Haynes? Right? Listen to Damon Glenn. Listen That's to it. Farrakhan. Come on. Let us, <laughs> listen to Mr. Farrakhan. You don't like Farrakhan? My brother in the way in which... Right? And, and let me tell you about Minister Farrakhan. Now, Minister Farrakhan invited me to um, to his house. Right? This was years and years ago. I was like, well, damn, what I do? What I do? What I do? I said, because I, I said, the first thing I said, Minister Farrakhan, I have been very critical of you. I've been critical of you about what I perceive to be anti-Semitic rhetoric, and I've been critical of you about the homophobia that I think is in your rhetoric, right? I ain't going to lie to him. I'm at his crib. I'm hoping this ain't the last time I'm going to be seen. And he said, my brother, how can we love and engage each other if we do not in love correct each other? Mm. So if you share with me your particular perspective, and I, you, mine, then we have the possibility of overcoming. Mm. Four That's hours. That's Four it. hours, right? That's it. I got real differences. I got real critiques. But the possibility of opening up, at least to talk about what those might mean. His critiques of me, my critiques of him, and together we figure out this ain't my community. That ain't your tribe. All your skin folk ain't your kin folk. Word. To me, Jay-Z, the reason I wrote this book, the reason I celebrate his, you know, transition from hustler on the street to hustler in the corporate scene, the reason I celebrate his poetic genius, the reason I celebrate his politics. Jay-Z didn't start in politics when he joined with what 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 Obama? Right, he was talking on his records all the time, but he was combining. He knew on his first album, oh, I gave him serious revelation and prophecy, and they ain't feeling it like that. Mm -hmm. Same way with Nas, right? So you got to figure out, I got to get my message through in a way when the rim is in the system, ain't no tell him. I got to quote Biggie, mm -hmm. but then I got to get in Bin Laden, Ben happening in Manhattan, right? Talking about anthrax. He said, back then, back when the police was out, kind of the black man. He's sneaking that, sneaking that in to some big pimping. Because he understands that you can't give medicine straight. You got to get the castor oil with sugar. That's right. Right? You got to give the, the, the hard lesson with honey. So Jay-Z has brilliantly fused and merged the impulse toward poetic genius 
and understanding the marketplace in, a, in an unparalleled fashion. And so this book celebrates that genius. Hove is a great man, not because his poetic inventiveness and rhetorical genius is so remarkable that it demands repeated listening. It does. He is a great man because he's been willing to grow and evolve and to tell the truth along the way. My man, Michael Eric Dyson. Well, thank you so much for that. That's right. Does, well, it, does Jay-Z have a copy of the book already? Yes, he does. Thank My, y'all it's so out, much. It's out right now. Make sure you go get it. Jay-Z, Made in America by Michael Eric Dyson. Appreciate you, my brother. Always Thank a pleasure. Y'all. It's Thank the Breakfast Club. It's donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. I'm a fat and all that shit around your eyes. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to chop them gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yeah, yeah man. Let's talk. Donkey of the day today. Donkey of the day go to a young woman named Tyza Russell. Tyza is 29 years old, and she's from the great state of New Jersey. Dropping the clues bombs from New Jersey. Damn it. Now, before we talk about Taja, let me ask y'all a question out there. When the last time you got stood up? Uh, when is the last time you told someone you wanted to take them out and didn't show up, huh? When is the last time you told someone to come over and you fell asleep on their ass? I have homeboys now who are not married, not in a committed relationship, not part of this faithful black male community, and they tell me stories like this all the time, especially when we out of town. All right, Women come to the hotel and be downstairs in the lobby for hours because said individual has fallen asleep on their ass. Every time I hear stories like this, I feel for those women. Because to me, this is a different level of disrespect, all right? If a man calls you over and tells you that he fell asleep on you, he's either A, lying because he was going through his phone and decided to call a couple different chicks, and whoever got there first is who he's with, hence why he is not answering for you, or B, you just don't excite him like that, okay? You're not falling asleep on a woman you are really excited to see. In fact, that adrenaline rush you get from seeing or being around a woman you're into is going to wake your ass up. All right, you got a woman coming over, you get excited, all right? You think you're going to get some ass, so you go hop your ass in the shower, and that shower going to wake you up. Then you're going to lotion up, throw on some basketball shorts and a fresh T-shirt, spray some cologne on, roll up something to smoke, pour you a glass of something, and wait for the young lady you called over to arrive. Okay? I fell asleep. <laughs> you fell asleep? Mm-hmm. How boring was your box? That the thought of you coming over puts a man to sleep, all right? So, yes, ladies, you should feel extremely disrespected when you come to see a man and he tells you, I fell asleep. That, you wouldn't feel disrespected, Dee, if that happened to you? Um, yeah, I'd be annoyed that I came out of my way. And that's exactly what happened to Taja M. Russell. Now, according to the New York Daily News, Taja was the side chick, all right? That's the New York Daily News words, not mine, all right? Taja was this... A uh, young man, she was visiting side chick, and the young man told authorities that he asked Russell to come to his house for sex. But he fell asleep before she arrived. Disrespectful. When Taja got to the man's house, she called him eight times. Eight times. But he didn't pick up. After eight phone calls, she allegedly texted the man, I see you want to die. Damn. <laughs> Followed by, you wasted my money to come out of here. And then around 4 a.m., 
Security cameras saw Majin knocking on this young man's door, and he still didn't answer. Ladies, mm -mm -mm. when this is over, rewind and listen to what I said about a man disrespecting you. The level of disrespect this young woman, Taja, received is four in the morning. You got there and called eight times. You knocked on his door, and he igging the hell out of you. Not to mention you already his side chick. What else is there to do, especially after you sent him the I see you want to die text? Mm. Well, you got to wow. attempt to kill him. Let's go to News 12, New Jersey, to see how Taja and Russell handled this situation. A woman is accused of setting a man's home on fire after she was invited over for a late-night rendezvous. Police say this month, 29-year-old Tasia Russell went to the home on Barber Avenue. NorthJersey.com reports the man fell asleep, did not answer the door. They say that's when Russell set the home on fire. The man was taken to the hospital with burns and smoke inhalation. Taja was determined to have a hot date. All right. Uh, remember when I told you that if a man falls asleep on you before you get there, that means the thought of your poom poom makes him sleepy. You out there giving out that boring ass box. Well, I think Taja realized that in her mind and she was not leaving that house that night without the word fire coming out of that man's mouth. She wanted that word to be used to describe her vagina, but she didn't get that opportunity. So she decided to set his crib ablaze. OK, I'm going to be honest with you. Other than her having an arson charge and an attempted murder charge and being held without bail, I kind of feel him. All right, see, let this be a lesson to you fools. All right, stop standing women up like that after you done wasted their time, energy, and money to come see you. All right, it's disrespectful and just not right. But ladies, don't be like Taja. When a man doesn't value you, doesn't appreciate you, stands you up, don't do what Taja did, even though it hurts not to react. All right, don't do what Taja did. See, I, I know you really want to work this out, but I don't think this man is ever going to change. All right, when you do, but they don't, I just think it's best you go your separate ways. All right, sometimes you have to ask yourself, why should I stay in this relationship? When you're hurting, baby, you ain't happy, baby. Plus, there's just so many other things you got to deal with. So I just think that you, you, should, you should let it burn. All right, please let Remy Ma give Taja Russell the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, mm -mm -mm. you stupid mother Are you dumb? I might put something on her books. Wow. I might, might just put buy some M&M's or something, some peanut M&M's or something. My man. goodness. I feel her pain a little bit. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Now, mm -hmm. she was very literal and true to her words. She was. was. But that's what you get for having her hot ass out at 4 in the morning. All right. We got more coming up next with The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Miss Tina Lifford. Welcome. Good morning. Hey How welcome, are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. How are I you? I know that's the truth. That's right. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you got a book out, The Little Book of Lies. The Little, little book, book of Big of Lies. Big lies. Little Book of Big Lies. What, what is a big lie? A big lie is anything that has ever happened in your, in your life that has left you feeling less than not good enough or incapable. Ooh. So basically like uh, traumas that you've dealt with. Traumas, you know, that teacher that said something rude to you mm -hmm. and now you hold on to. That experience of seeing something that traumatized you like my mm. father did. Whatever it is that stole your power is a lie. That co-worker mm. that talks about you all the time and lies about you? Mm. Say it again. Now you heard me. I said that co-worker that <laughs> yeah, talks yeah, about absolutely. you and lies about absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, if in fact that lie actually steals your power, mm. then it is a lie. If it doesn't steal your power, then it's just noise. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah like people, we was talking about the term buy ugly. When people would say buy ugly, 
And I've been getting that my whole life, but I didn't realize it was a bad term until this morning. And isn't that good? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. if if you didn't internalize it exactly. as a bad it had no term, power over then me. then it had no power over That's you. That's right. But when those events happen in our lives mm-hmm. and they wind up being stuck in mm-hmm. our emotional system gotcha. and now they begin to shape how we see and experience ourselves and others that's a lie and it's a lie that we need to take our power back from. so mm. you've said in this book that emotional pain and frustration that we have that comes from these lies that we've been told a lot of times when we have these chronic issues that we're dealing with it's because something that somebody said to us has really stuck with us and we've internalized that. we have internalized do it. you use that pain sometimes in your acting Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, yes. I mean, I think that one of the the best parts of being an actor is that the profession requires that you uh, explore your internal experiences and be able to access them. And so being able to touch uh, pain and old pain is what a lot of people call the method act, uh, um, method process. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um I so love the human condition. I so understand that we are all the same. On the outside, we got a lot of different details going on. But on the inside, when it comes to the emotional part of us, we're the exact same. And if, in fact, something hurts you, then that hurt becomes a part of our experience. It loops in our lives until we actively go in and address it and so it's really easy for me to as an actress tap into emotional pain because i know what it is right and i don't have to bring up you know something from my past Mm -hmm. i just know if i'm living the life of the character in front of me Mm. then that character is at an emotional place that i know i've been there we've all been there right everybody could be an actor if you can accept and relate to and own your emotional experience. Now, you dedicated this book to your brother. Yep. Let's talk about that. Yep. What happened to your brother? So, let's start with the fact that my brother uh, started smoking weed when he was maybe 11 years old. And I know this after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. But he died at 50 from a drug overdose two weeks out of rehab. And the reason the book is dedicated to my brother is because he truly was one of the best people that I know. Mm -hmm. But he was sensitive in a way that wasn't good in this world, particularly when he also had the challenge of uh, of not being able to read. And at that time, they didn't know that it was dyslexic. Mm. that he was dyslexic, right? So you go from the early experiences of not being like the other kids, Mm -hmm. and then my father also could not read, and that was not something that my father dealt with appropriately where my brother was concerned, so my brother had no tools, right? Uh, And my father was able to power through where my brother couldn't. And I think that my brother and my father, and I'll say this, without any sense of protection. Mm -hmm. I think that my father was hard on my brother because he was making him ready for the world. Mm. But he was hard on 
a child that was more sensitive than he was. Mm. And so that child needed a different level of interaction and care. Oh, that's powerful. The The reason that's so powerful is because as men, we have issues with our father and the way they may have been tough on us, the way they may have disciplined us. Because as you grow older, you realize they was kind of just doing the best they could. Absolutely. He was teaching based off the experiences that he'd been through and what he had learned. And his limited Mm -hmm. uh, knowledge of himself Mm -hmm. and his way of navigating the world, Mm -hmm. right? Which really, you know, if you you are uh, projecting your way of navigating the world onto someone else, you're not taking time to actually know that person, you might very well be running over the very essence of another human being. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you know, trying to help them be like you. Yes, ma'am. Right, because we always talk about kids, and they'll say, oh, kids are too sensitive nowadays, but all kids have different levels of sensitivity. Absolutely. We all need to slow down and really connect with the person in front of us. And the reason we don't do that is that we are afraid that we don't want to challenge our own mindset and beliefs. And so we need everyone to agree that the way in which we see it is the way in which it is and and is correct. And to challenge our beliefs is to put us in a place of discomfort. Because if I don't know what I know, then how do I survive? How do you feel about marijuana now? Because you mentioned marijuana and your brother started smoking at 11. So many different states are legalizing it. But obviously for your brother, it could have been a gateway drug to something stronger. How do you feel about marijuana use? Marijuana was not my brother's gateway. Okay. Pain was his gateway. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Right? I think that the challenge with any uh, drug use, even recreational drug use, is that if we don't know ourselves well enough, then it is very easy for a substance to step in and help calm the dis-ease that is is inside of us when what we really should be doing is finding more effective ways to calm that Mm dis-ease. Take care of yourself, connect with yourself, be able to be with yourself, then you won't need the substances to make it okay to just be here. Y'all know what it is! We have more of our conversation with author and star of Queen Sugar, Tina Lifford, coming up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we were talking about Lil Wayne's daughter. Yes. Regine. Regine, Lil Wayne and Toya, Rice's daughter. Mm -hmm. And she went to this cucumber pool party. And she previously had been really not excited about these women doing this cucumber challenge. So people were getting at her for being at the party. But she said, okay, guys, I want to say this. I went to the party to spy on YF and Lucci. Females don't act like you never did it. But when I heard about the cucumber activities, I left. To be honest, I've made myself look like a fool for this man. And I apologize for allowing you guys to see it. I'm young and still learning. Now, have you ever spied on your man before you? Have I ever did a pop-up? That's yeah, the same thing as spot, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, I've done a pop-up. I, I don't trying to think if I've ever gone to a party, but I've definitely popped up at his house. I did I did that a couple of times. One time I actually climbed through the window. That's a real pop-up. 
Uh, and that's because I knew something was going on. And sometimes, even though we know things, we want to see it with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I guess that was really the end of it for me, to be able to see somebody doing something with my own eyes. Yeah, I've done it once or twice, Charlemagne. Uh, always. I grew up a very insecure <laughs> young man. Me too. And when you are the type of person like me who was cheating on my woman, it made me feel guilty. So that on top of my insecurity, uh, I thought she was doing dirt when she wasn't. So, yes, I popped up at jobs. I popped up at dorms. I popped up, I popped up at class one at time. apartments. I popped up at class. Rolled my motorcycle right to her class. Well, yeah, what do you I think def- she was doing in class? I don't know. I don't know. You just want to see. Maybe she passing a note. Maybe she holding hands. Like, as a guy, as yeah. a guy, when a guy is already doing dirt, like, you automatically think your woman is just, like, you know, sucking everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if she's not. Like, any, it can go down anytime, any place. So, yes. Yeah, I, was, I definitely I was had guys insecure. pop up on me that was at parties. Insecure. And, yeah. listen, I'll leave a party if somebody tried to pop up on me. i slide out and be like, this is ridiculous. Are you pop up? Like, you know, like I say... Like, say, like, you know, my my wife was in college. They used to be partying at this place called Five Points. Five Points was all the college kids used to go on Thursday night. I mean, anybody could go hang out there, but that wasn't really my scene. But you just pop up at a random place. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, you just be, you just be in Charlotte's Roost while she in there. Like, why are you in Charlotte's Roost? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just doing a little shopping. What is Charlotte's Roost? This is a clothing store. Clothing store. Down south. But you know, you just you just pop up in random places you ain't got no business being. Why are you at my OBGYN? Oh, I don't know. I just what? came nothing. Hello, who's this? Hello, my name is Jasmine. How you doing? What's what up, up Jasmine? Jasmine? Queen of the pop-up. Jasmine is way too loud to be popping up on somebody. <laughs> no, I definitely popped up on that ass. But, uh, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, I'm really the pop-up queen, though. Let me mm-hmm. tell y'all. I had a tracker on my on my baby daddy car for, like, three years, and he never knew it. Wow. He, like, dang, like, thinking that his friends and on them and everything like that, but really he had no idea that I was just like trekking that ass though all day, every day. I don't know how he couldn't figure that out when you was just showing up places. Nobody puts a track on somebody's car. Clearly they do. Jasmine, you're crazy. Crazy as hell. Don't play with me. Okay. And you did that for three years? Yeah, and he never knew though, right? He never knew. So listen, like one time he went out to eat with this girl. Like I said in the parking, I let him eat and everything. They went back to his apartment. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just just following him. Just like okay, so this thing keeps me. So I just, you know, I just walk up to the apartment, knock on the door. He, they turn turn off the lights and stuff, try to hide and stuff. I end up texting the girl phone like, like tell that he got five minutes to come outside. I'm coming in that bitch. Damn. (laughs) And like they scattered out that much. That's crazy that for three years he wasn't scared enough to stop doing the stuff he was doing. Sharon. Yes. You ever popped up on an ex or, or a man or your man? You know what? No, because if something is going on, I don't want to know about it. Mm. You get in trouble when you go looking for trouble. Mm. But here's my story. So I found <laughs> out that my soon-to-be ex-husband um, put his cell phone in my car. So one day I'm parked, and all of a sudden I just hear this music out of the blue, and I'm like, what is that? So I look at my back. And he shoved his cell phone in between my back seat so he could track me. Mm. So he didn't have his cell phone on him. He just but, left it no, in the car. No, he had another cell phone. Oh, he had another, he had okay. my he iPhone. Had another, yes, exactly. He had, a, he had a second one. Dang. Wow, he had to charge that every day. Right. That's, they, that's smart, though. Why did he not trust you? Was there a reason or he just... His insecurities. Mm-mm. All right, thank mm-hmm, you. Exactly. D'Angelo. Yo, yo. You, you popped upon your wife, man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good morning, by the way. Good, good morning. morning. <laughs> He's like, good morning, good first of morning. all. I'm not crazy. What you do, D'Angelo? Uh, I ain't do... N- well, yeah, I responded to what she did. She went out, and I didn't want her to go out. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I got my daughter in the truck, put my dog in the truck, and pulled up at the club on, called her in line. But at the thing was, I knew that I brought, I brought my dog with me because I felt like I was going to have to go into the club. <laughs> but uh, I didn't have to go in the club, thank God. But anyway, I got out, caused a little scene in the line, got her in the truck, and then we pulled off. Wow. So wait, you brought your dog, dog hanging out the car. And your daughter? And me while I'm yelling at her. So you was going to bring your dog and daughter in the club to find her? No, I was going to leave the dog and the daughter in the car while I was in the club. You, how the old is your daughter? Oh, she was a baby, baby then. You was oh, going to so leave a baby? So, so you about to go to jail. In the car? You about to go to jail because of, of your own insecurities. It was one of them nights. Hey. One of those nights. Oh, my Man, you should have just sent the dog in the club. This is awful. <laughs> and he rationalized it, but like, you know what? My dog go watch my daughter while Look, I go in the club for a second. Bro, I, I have the know. best guard dog in the world. <laughs> I wouldn't have did it had my dog been a, been a, been like one of uh, Andy's Mollywall. But, you know. <laughs> All right, man. I'm sorry. That's too much. Have a good one. Please call a sitter. I ain't going to front. That ain't a bad idea. I lead, I lead a, the, the dog in the car with the kids. That's I'll, a terrible right idea. Back. Shut up. <laughs> What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is get your insecurities together, bro. Okay, trust me. I've been there. And then I feel sorry for Regine, but she's young, though. You know what I mean? So I get it. You know, you it's do just stu- happening so publicly for her. Yeah, you yeah. do stuff like that when you're young. When you have those insecurities and, you know, you just want to make sure somebody's doing right by you, I get it. I get it. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. Oh, Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yep. Author David Back. Woo! Yes, thank you for having me. Well, he's not just an author. He's one of the most trusted financial experts in the world. Correct. Okay, and a best-selling financial author. And he has a new book called The Latte Factor. I'm just super grateful to have him be on the show, man. Thank you. Well, talk to us about The Latte Factor. What are the comparisons between finances and lattes? Yeah, well, because here's the deal. The 40, 4 out of 10 Americans right now. Mm-hmm. Cannot get their hands on a hundred dollars in case of emergency. Mm. Jesus, take that four in four out of ten. Four out of ten. That's better than herpes. Herpes is only one in three. <laughs> take, take, Goodness <laughs> Jesus, take that in for a second. Wait, six out of ten Americans can't get their hands on a thousand dollars in case of emergency purposes. Yeah. So, so seven out of ten Americans living paycheck to paycheck. And what I've been teaching now for almost total twenty six years is that we got to break this. Mm-hmm. The way you break it, the way you stop living paycheck to paycheck is you realize that small amounts of money can change your life. So I created this concept called the latte factor, which mm-hmm. is the idea that if instead of wasting five bucks a day on a latte, you took that $5 a day, you put it inside your retirement account, you paid yourself first, you could become a millionaire. How long, How long does take? that take you to be a millionaire? How long does that take? As soon as you said that, I said bullshit. <laughs> so, so here's what you do. So back of the book, we got this, we got this little story, we got this metaphor in here. We got a chart, right? And a little simple chart shows you. Now, by the way, it takes a lifetime here. It takes, you start in your 20s, $5 a day. By the time 40 years later, at 10% interest, it's worth $948,000. Okay. Now, someone in their- 40 years. Yeah, so that's starting in your 20s, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's Mm -hmm. a chart on page 134. Shows somebody saving more than $5 a day. Okay, okay. 300 bucks a month. Okay. You're 25. You save 300 bucks a month. By the time you reach retirement, you got $1,913,000. Now, here's the problem, guys. Most people do not start saving at 25. No. They start saving. They at start 40. They start thinking about it at 35. Right. Do not wait to start saving money. My grandmother helped me buy my first stock at age seven. Wow. But you can only teach what you know. So a lot of these parents, they can't teach finances because they don't know finances themselves. You are absolutely right, and I'm here to say to any parent listening right now, 
This is my 13th book. This is the easiest book I've ever written. And I'm out here watching the videos of all the amazing, incredible artists who've come through here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are wearing six figures in jewelry around their neck. Mm -hmm. When you start seeing somebody wearing six figures in jewelry around their neck, mm -hmm. and they don't have a six-figure net worth, something's Ooh. wrong. I agree. The first thing you focus on if you're listening right now and you don't have any savings is focus on getting $1,000 in savings. Take the take I call it the 100-day challenge. Save $10 a day for 100 days. You're now wealthier than 6 out of 10 people in America. Now, what about for people that would say, you know, that sounds great, but what else can I do that's going to be more aggressive? I got, I got to, I'm going to drop a truth on you right now. Mm -hmm. You want to go and try and get rich overnight? You will stay poor forever. You do not get rich in days. Unless you hit the lotto. You get rich in decades. <laughs> yeah, but see, lotto's are really just a tax on, on people that are, like, praying and hoping, right? Like, right. that's Ooh. not a real way to go and get rich. It's a tax on your hope. Yeah. It's a tax, it's a tax on your, on your optimism. I, I used to say it's a tax on stupid people, but I don't want everybody coming out with a gun on me. So <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Lot, we, we have people putting more money in the lottery tickets than retirement accounts. Right. So if you've got a job today, here's what I want you to do. You have to pay yourself first. You have to get financially selfish the formula to financial freedom for life is saving one hour a day of your income. Whether you make minimum wage or you make more, the average American's making about $27 an hour right now. Mm -hmm. One hour a day of your income paid automatically into a retirement account, you can be financially free for life. Can you elaborate on the statement, you're richer than you think? You have to learn to think like an investor. There's two things that make people in America wealthy. Mm -hmm. They are real estate and stocks. If you don't own real estate and you don't own stocks, you don't get into one of these two games or both, you're not on the escalator to building wealth. These are the things that make people wealthier. When you own real estate, the tax laws favor the rich. You can buy it. This, this is what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. You can buy a home, live in it for two years, sell it, and if you're single, you can keep a quarter of a million dollars in tax-free gains. Okay, a quarter million dollars tax-free. Right. It's the only game in town where the government doesn't tax you. Now, one mm -hmm. of the reasons is because the government wants you to have home on, wants you to own a home. Right. Now, here's the truth. When you look at why is it that wealth goes from one generation to the next or doesn't, it's real estate. Mm -hmm. So homeowners are 46 times wealthier than renters. So, so some of the smartest investments for people with new money to make are real estate and stock. Yeah, and the simplest thing is to start with your 401k plan. Okay. Or your IRA account. Start saving. And right. just start saving. Start investing. And get yourself, you know, you start with something as simple as an index fund. You got a chapter in your book called Don't Budget, Make It Automatic. Can you expound on that, please? Yeah, so we're all taught to budget. Nobody really does it in the real world. People hate it. So what I teach is this. The way you build wealth for anything, retirement, buying a car, going on a dream vacation, saving money for kids who are going to go to college, is you save automatically. Money's got to get moved automatically from your paycheck, from your income, into these different savings accounts, or you won't do it. If you want to know the true formula to being able to retire in your 50s, it is to save. I can give you the exact number right now. It's 14% of your gross income. Okay. But it's 14% but, but it's of your gross income. How do I know these numbers? Because Fidelity Investments runs the largest 401k plan, in, I think, in the world. They have 16 million people in the U.S. in their 401k plan. It represents 20,000 companies. They track the amount of people who become millionaires using their 401k plan. And they've saved 14% of their income for 30 years. By the time they reach an average age of 59, they're a 401k millionaire. Wow. So wow. You, the only way you're going to have money in this country 
is if you take care of yourself. No one's coming to save us. Now, you addressed one of the largest <laughs> myths about money and the latte factor, and it takes money to make money. Why is that such a misconception? Because if you, first of all, if you believe you've got to have a lot of money to start investing, you'll never start investing. You're defeated already. You're defeated already. It, mm -hmm. it is a poor mental mindset. And so I'll go back to my grandmother. My grandmother was broke at 30 and didn't have a college education, lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and had a job in retail at a place called Gimbel's Department Store. She said, I was always getting my financial advice from my friends, and they were all poor. She said, don't get your financial advice from poor people. There you go. So she went out and started taking classes at adult schools on investing. She found somebody who was a millionaire, didn't know the person well, but knew the person enough to say, I know you're well off financially, and I'm trying to learn how to become wealthier. Would you teach me? She actually asked for a mentor. And she learned over her lifetime what to do. Wow. And, you know, and then pass the lessons on to, to our family. A lot of times what happens once you have money is you don't actually care that if you look rich because you don't care what anybody else thinks. Right. The, the weirdest thing is that when we're not rich, we care what people think. Once we are rich, we don't give a <laughs> You say big hat, no cat? Big, no, no big, big hat, no cattle. Big hat, it's no cattle. It's a Texas phrase. That's right. Get the big hat, but you got no cattle. You say like, no po uh, big poke, no stroke. So if you got a big <laughs> you can't all right, David, back. Well, no we stroke. appreciate you for joining us. Pick up his book, The Latte Factor Now, and thank you so much, yes, man. Yes, sir. You guys, thank, thank you for, you for having me on. You're awesome. I, I appreciate you. I don't know how we got the penises. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Gotta hit the club like you hit them, hit them, hit them mangoes. It's a short life. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Uh, you got a positive note? Yes, man. The positive note is simply this, man. It's, it is always better to ask questions than to make an assumption because assumptions set us up for suffering.